Welcome, everybody, to another great podcast from the Crystal River Church of God. Whether you're on your way to work, on your lunch break, or even taking a jog, our prayer for you is that this helps you to find focus for living. We truly hope you enjoy this message live from CRCOG. In the Gospel of St. John, chapter 8, go there with me, the Gospel of St. John, Chapter 8, it was one of the first verses that I learned as a new Christian. You know, I, as a new Christian, I would go in and find stuff that I needed in order to battle the devil. Stuff that I needed. I'd, I'd find some what I called fat scriptures. Had some meat on it. And, you know, my favorite scripture that I found real early, the thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. But then right after that, I found this scripture, which is not exactly the one we're about to start with, but verse 36, it says that you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So here's what, here's what our text says. As he spoke these words, many believed him in him. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him. Now, I want you to notice, as a matter of fact, I don't know if you caught yesterday's podcast with Pastor Justin and Mark, but they talked a little bit about this, that just because there is a truth, it doesn't set you free until you know the truth. Because the truth is already there. But until you know the truth, then it's not going to really do you a lot of good. You, there is a truth, but until you grab a hold of that truth, bring it into your life, begin to stand on that truth, then, you know, if you didn't know, if you didn't know who owned the house that you're living in, then anybody could come in there and tell you that you don't belong there. But when you know you paid the mortgage or you paid the rent, they ain't come in and go, you don't belong here. And you go, you'll fight them tooth and toenail. Oh, no, this is my house. I done paid the rent. You know, I, I told this story as a young pastor. We were in a parsonage. And if you don't know what a parsonage is, it's a, it's a house that the church owns. And the pastor lives in it. It used to be more prevalent back years ago than it is today. Thank God it's not that prevalent today. But because usually the, the, church, the house was right next to the church. And everybody just wanted to drop in and have a little conversation. Well, this house was a little further away than the house. It was about a block away, but everybody knew where the house was. The house, and it wasn't a parsonage, but they rented the house for us. And so it was a little shotgun house. And, and uh, I came, it was a shotgun house, with, and, and it was a bathroom on the, on the very back. And you can't, had to go through the kitchen, the dining room, and the living room in order to get to the front door. Shotgun cracker house. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. So I came around the, 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 uh, the kitchen, and there was a church member, Brother Knowlton. I'll never forget it. He was standing in my living room. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you, and I, I, I did. I said, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you knocking. He goes, oh, I didn't knock. This is the church's house. <laughs> Y'all, I lost time. My timing chain come off. 
And I told him as long as I said, I said, what are you trying to sneak in here and look at my wife? You trying to just walk in and, and take a little peek? What's up? And I, I backed him all the way out of that house. And I said, if you ever come in my house, I said, the church may be paying for it, but this is my house. And if you ever come into my house without knocking, I will beat you down. You understand me? Now you get your behind out that door and knock on my front door. And then so I closed the door and he knocked on the door and I answered, Hey, how can I help you? <laughs> right? They ain't no use in being ugly all the time. So he was knocking, so I, hey, how can I help you? And so, and so, but he needed to know that just because the church paid the rent, it didn't make it church property and anybody could come in. All right? So some of you need to find out what the truth is. I don't have my Bible up here. I got my iPad. Let me use your big old Bible. Man, I like this. It's a date Bible. That thing's huge. I love it. Look, y'all, it's got highlighters everywhere. Come on. A, a, a Bible that is usually worn and torn means usually your life is not. If it's marked up, usually your life ain't marked up. But you need to learn what is in this Bible. You need to know your rights. You need to know your rights as a U.S. citizen. I won't get on that. But you also need to know your rights as a child of God and what the devil can do and what he can't do. And when you find him doing something that is illegal according to the contract of God, you need to call him on it and say, no, you don't have a right to be in this area of my life. All right, so he says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never... I do not understand the scripture. Because he says, we have never been in bondage to anyone. We're talking about the Jews. They were in 400 years of bondage. They, they, got, a, they, got, they got a short memory. They were in bondage to everybody. How can you say you, you will be made free? Verse 34. Jesus answered, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Verse 36, and therefore if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. If the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Now, I don't want nobody to get, get nervous right now, nobody get upset, okay? But there's a couple of teenagers that's walking the halls. Mike, if you'll handle that. They need to be in one area or the other and not be poking their head anywhere before I poke their eye. All right. Don't be upset. Don't be upset. I just, you know, I just believe that if you're going to be in the house of God, you need to be where you need to be. And, uh, and uh, you know, if your mom and daddy don't know that you're walking around, then we got security is going to tell you where to be. And if you the mom and daddy that are upset, then you can come talk to me later. But I also happen to know that those teenagers, their mom and daddy dropped them off. So tonight, I'm their mama and their daddy. So, amen. Hallelujah. Is that all right? Am I okay? All right. All right. Good. Good to go. All right. So when you, when you think about how many friends and followers of Jesus Christ and the feelings that they must have had when Jesus went to the cross, 
They put all of their hope, their dreams into what Jesus was preaching. And now it seems like that their dreams and their and what and their visions are coming to an end because Christ is put to death on the cross. And can you imagine their devastation, their disillusionment, the disappointment that they must have felt? But also imagine the incredible joy. Imagine the surprise that when just three days later they realized that he rose again. Man, they had an emotional roller coaster for Three days and, you know, they were like, oh, yeah, God is great. He gave us chocolate cake. And we're going to, he's going to rule and reign. And wait a minute, he's dead? And then three days later, hey, he's alive. And so they had this emotional roller coaster. And Jesus made this incredibly profound statement that you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So you'll be Here's what he's saying, you'll be really free. So what is he talking about? What does he set me free from? Well, pastor, what does he set me free from? And I want to talk a little bit about that tonight because I believe that there are several dimensions of how God sets you free. Now, I know that, you know, when we we old time, I'm going to put myself in there because I was raised in this thing, us old-time Pentecostals, when we talk about being set free, we're talking about drugs, sex, money, you know, uh, riotous living, all those things. And that does, but it's more than that. Some people get set free fleshly, but never get set free emotionally. They get set free in their body, but they never get free from their past. And I want to talk a little bit about that. Number one, he wants to set you free from the pain of your past. Now, now, you know, we might not get a lot of amens tonight, but I really feel like we're going into surgery here. And I just want you to do a little antiseptic. and Lord, just get me ready. It might hurt, but God, I want out of me all of the pain of my past. Whether that was abuse, whether that was disappointment, whatever that might be, God, I want to be free from it because you said you can make me free. Because I've discovered that one of the main causes of unhappiness is people who are stuck in the past. That you can't get beyond what has happened to you, what people have done to you, or the decisions that you have made you can't get over it. Like this person Pastor Justin was talking about, that they just couldn't get over, you know, that all that they have done. I'm happy to tell you that the blood of Jesus is the greatest cleanser in all of the land. I mean, it takes off what Ajax can't take off. Come on. It is the blood of Jesus. Now, you know, people are holding their hurts, and they can't relate to the present because they're still reacting and or responding to the past. And you got to get over that, man. If you're going to be who God's called you to be, you get so far and then you hit that block and it takes you back. You get so far and somebody comes and reminds you of who you were. Did you notice I said who you were, not who you are, who you were. Because you got to realize that once Jesus comes in and cleanses you, you're not who you used to be. 
You're something different. All right? There are two kinds of things that people have a hard time getting over. You want to know what they are? Resentment and regret. Resentment and regret. They're holding on to it. Resentment over the way people have hurt them. And then you get to justify the way you feel. Well, I have a right to feel this way. It doesn't matter. Quit quit keeping yourself in prison. And then regret over the way that I've hurt other people or that I've even hurt myself. Jesus wants to set you free from both of them. Resentment and regrets. Resentment. You know, there are some things that if I think about the things I regret, and I'm not going to go into them because why? Because you don't need to know what they are. Why? Because you don't need to go fishing in my pond. Jesus said that he threw my sin into the sea of forgetfulness and put up a no fishing sign. Amen? That's what he's done to your life. And so, and so we need to recognize that. That doesn't matter where we were. What matters is where we are. He wants to set us free from the pain of resentment. Everybody in this room has been hurt by somebody at some point in time. I don't care who you are. You've been hurt by somebody. It doesn't matter. That's just real talk. That's real talk. You've been hurt and some have gotten over it and some have not. Sometimes you've been hurt intentionally. And that's when it's really harmful. Sometimes it's unintentionally. But what do you do with that hurt will determine whether you live freely or whether you live in a prison of pain. You've got to decide, how am I going to live? You know, bitterness is like drinking poison hoping somebody else dies. You can't do it, man. You've got to recognize that I'm going to get over this. I'm, you know, I, I made the statement the other day or Sunday that I ain't going to let y'all kill me. And I ain't going to kill myself for you. All right? You got, you, you got to get some self-preservation. I'm not talking about selfishness because that's real. But you need to get some uh, self-preservation that I'm not going to let what you did to me rule my life. Because here's what I do, man. I refuse to let somebody else have power over my life and me stay sad because of what somebody did. Now, here's what I've been accused of. I've been accused, well, pastor, you can do that because you're shallow. Maybe, but I'm not drowning in pain, drowning in resentment, drowning in bitterness. I'm living my life and enjoying my life. You see, what have you never gotten over? Think about that for a moment. What have you never gotten over the spouse that left you the children who left you the job you got fired from the best friend who stabbed you in the back what haven't you got over the parent who you thought was supposed to take care of you but abused you what have you not gotten over who do you have a grudge against pastor and this is Wednesday night I'm going to need a I'm going to need a Sunday morning to deal with this before I got to go to work in the morning no no let you we can deal with it right now because the power of Jesus Christ has the power to set you free so I want you to think about it and let God begin to work in your spirit who 
got you hooked on drugs? Who gave you your first drink? Who? Begin to, begin to release that Jesus Christ wants to set you free from the pain of resentment so you can get on with your life. So you can get unstuck and move forward. Because some of us can't move forward because of stuff that's happened. God doesn't want you to live in a dilapidated state, man. He wants you to move forward. Amen. The Bible says in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, forget what has happened do, do you, or do not think about the past. Instead, look at the new thing that I'm doing in your life. God says don't dwell on the past. You know, the, there's a rear view mirror in your car for a reason. And it's smaller than the front windshield. You look at the rear view mirror to see what's trying to come up on you. And to see where you've been. But you don't use that to drive. You use the front windshield to drive. So when the devil begins to make your rear view mirror bigger than your windshield. Recognize what he's doing. He's trying to get you to focus on what's behind you. And if you drive that way, you're going to wreck your life. Your life is going to be a wreck. And that's, what not, that's not what God wants you to do. God says don't dwell on the past. Let it go. Like the, like the prophetess. Uh, 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 what was that girl's name? Let it go. Let it. Go. Yeah, her, Elsa. Elsa, prophetess Elsa said, "Let it go. Give up your grudges. Let God settle the score. You you don't know how they hurt me, Pastor. I, I just can't let it go. It hurts too bad." I can't forgive them and I can't forget. And you're right. You probably can't forget, but you can forgive. And you start by declaring, I forgive them in the name of Jesus. You may have to say it a hundred times a day. You might have to say it 10,000 times a day. Somebody said, somebody said one time that forgiveness is there when, you, when they run through your mind and you don't think harm. That's a good one. But I like... I like this. You know you're getting over it when you think about the incident or you think about what happened and it doesn't pain you as much as it once did. You know, there's a couple of things that if I think about it, I'll get mad again. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You think about it, you get mad. There's, there's a story that I tell, and every time I tell it, it's, it's about the, the Coast Guard. And when I tell it, I get mad again. I get fighting mad. And Sherry's like, please don't go through that. I'll tell somebody who hadn't heard the story. No, baby, please don't go through it. Because by the time I get done, I'm like this. Ready to fight, man. So I'm still trying to get over that. Amen. You're never going to get free from your past until God's in your life. Well, pastor, we know that. This is Wednesday night. We're all Christians. Well, it doesn't matter, man. I know Christians who are walking around in the promised land bound by the past. I know Christians who enjoy the promised land, but not all that God has to offer because they're still dealing with the pain of the past. And their pain and the pain of the past is poisoning their potential for the future. See, Pastor, it hurts too bad. I can't forgive. I can't forget. And you know what? You're right. That's why you need 
Jesus. Humanly, it is impossible to forget the past. You need the supernatural power of God's love in your heart. Not, now, here's where we miss it. All right. Now, me and Richard, we're, we're good as far as I know. Now, Richard, you hurt me, but I forgive you. Now, let's go to lunch. You buy it? You, you ain't got to do that. That doesn't mean that you got to hang out with somebody just because you forgive them. Amen? But I was your best friend. I don't trust you. Now, trusting somebody is different than forgiving somebody. I'm trying to help somebody. You can forgive them without trusting them. There, there was a, when I was a little boy, there was a dog. Uh, uh, um, I can't remember his name, but he was a German Shepherd police dog. And me and my best friend were playing hide-and-go-seek, and I had a gun that looked like a gun. It was a water pistol. And I was holding the water pistol, and I called the boy's name, and the dog figured I was going to harm the boy, so the dog beat me down. Now, Chico, that was his name. And so, Chico, he probably should have had a knife. But anyway, uh, <laughs> send all your hate mail to J- Pastor Justin. I'm just kidding. But anyway, his name was Chico, and, and, and he bit me. And you know what? Every time I come back over to their house, I would say, is Chico put up? Why? Because Chico done bit me. Do you forgive him? Yeah, but I'm not getting back in the yard with him by myself. Right? To this day, I will throw Sherry in front of a dog. Because Sherry ain't afraid. She ain't afraid of dogs. I am. Dogs know that. Yeah. Here, take her. Y'all think I'm kidding. Ask her. We went to Bonnie Dexter's house one day. That big old dog come out. Boy, I was gone. Where was Sherry? Up there by that dog. She told me she wasn't scared. Didn't deal with it. I ain't going to deal with it. I'd deal with it if I got my gun. But anyway, I ain't that scared then. But I'm such a bad shot, I'm going to have to wait till it latches onto my elbow before I shoot it. Anyway. I'm not that bad of a shot, but anyway. You're never going to get through your past until you get God in your life. You'll just keep reacting to things in the past that keep you from moving to your future. I I don't know how you've been hurt. I I, I can't, you know, I know some people's stories. But I don't know you're hurt. But God does. God knows you're hurt. You know, I'll never forget, man. I I was a good church member. I, I, I think I'm a good church member now. But I was a great church member before I became the pastor. My, my, me and my pastor, the only one that really was a pastor to me, uh, Benny Jones, and uh, we were. there was something that happened in the church, and he said to me, well, I talked to them, and I believed them, and I don't want to talk about it no more. And what it, what it said to me is that he believed what they said over what over me. And I said, I told Sherry, I said, to keep peace in the church, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take the blame. And I did for a year and a half. 
Then me and, me and him was on our trip somewhere, and we got to talking about that. And I said, well, I know that you believed them over me. He goes, no, I didn't. So I had been carrying a burden that wasn't even mine because I misunderstood what he said. And I carried that burden for a year and a half. Some of you are carrying misunderstandings that you were never meant to carry. You need to get over it, man. You need, well, Pastor, I've got God in my life. You need to let God, do you know that we allow God to come in this one part, but not this other part? I believe that's why the Bible said put on the whole armor of God. That's why you can have one and not the other. You can have the shield of faith, but not the breastplate of righteousness. And you can have the helmet of salvation, but not the sword of the Spirit. We need the, everything at our, at our disposal, the whole arsenal, in order to get on with our life. He can help you out if you give Him access to that area of your life. Psalms 34 says, The Lord is close to the broken heart, and He saves those who, whose spirit have been crushed. Am I talking to anybody? Your spirit's been crushed. He said, I'm close to them. I have no doubt in a crowd this size that there are some broken hearts in this. There are some broken hearts in here. And you put on this facade and you say, I'm fine. You know, it's like a woman when you're fighting with her. You okay? I'm fine. That does not mean what it says. And every woman in here, you know it. And every man, if you don't know it, I just gave you a clue. If you go, how you doing, baby? I'm fine. That does not mean they're okay. That probably means get out of the house for an hour or so and let them calm down. Amen. I'm fine. Yeah, okay. Well, but pastor, when these things happen to me, maybe, you're, maybe I'm the only one. You ever ask, where's God at? When I've been wrongly accused. You know, my wife taught me something many years ago. I've been in this church. We're going to celebrate 27 years as pastor of this church. And the things that I know, I've been accused, not big, and I bind the devil in the name of Jesus, but I've had four people. I've been accused of having four affairs over 27 years. Now, only like three people. You know, they were like, they, it didn't get spread or anything because it, everybody knew, like, one lady goes, have you seen Sister Sherry? Why would he be with her? Anyway. And there's a couple of, I didn't even know I was, I didn't even know that I, you know. And so I can tell you it was not true. Why? Because I'm still alive. Because Sherry would kill me and some of y'all would help her put me down a, down a gator hole somewhere. So I can tell you that straight up. All right, but, but that's been said. And, and when, when this one person said, this one person was a waitress and told me that this, this man came in and said that I had an affair with his wife and that I broke up his marriage. I mean, his wife was ugly, man. Woo. Jesus, God. I mean, she was ugly. She wasn't ugly. She was ugly. Like she fell out of an ugly tree, hit every ugly branch on the way down, man. I mean, she was, it was bad shape. And I told Sherry, I go, well, I can tell you that's a lie, but you know that's a lie. I ain't, yeah. <laughs> oh. So, so I said, 
that guy supposedly came to that restaurant every Thursday, sat in the same booth every Thursday. So I said, I'm going to show up there. I'm gonna, you know, cause I ain't no punk. I ain't no punk, man. I'm, you know, I, I don't I text you. No, I, uh-uh. I'm going to text you right now. I'm going to reach out and touch you. No, no, I ain't no punk. So, so I, I said, I'm going. And, and she said, baby, don't. I go, oh, he ain't going to spread this rumor about me. And here's what she said, and she taught me this, and I, I've tried to live by this. She said, you can't chase down every accusation that's made against you. Now, hear me. You can't chase down. She goes, but you can outlive it. That's a good, that's a good word right there. You can outlive it. So there, there, was, there was somebody who left our church, and, and, and they were crazy. And not just because they left our church. They were just crazy. But anyway, um, and they went to this other church and started spreading some stuff to that pastor about me. So I called the pastor. I've never done this before, but this time I did. I called the pastor. I said, hey, listen, I know I understand this guy saying this. He said, pastor, he, and this was about, uh, about seven, eight years ago. He said, you've been in this community for 20 years. He said, you have a great reputation. You built a great church. He said, I don't put any stock into what that person said about you. I go, well, thank you. See, your reputation, if it's good, can precede you. It can protect you. That's why you need it. Now, now, reputation is who people think you are. But character is who you really are. All right? Now, hear that. All right. Let me move on. What time is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good. 7.30. Oh, that's like. So have you ever asked the question, though, where is God when I hurt, Pastor? Where is God when I hurt? Because have, have you ever noticed that, men, you know, we get up and sing these songs. Uh, 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 I can't remember the name of the song. I want to be in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. But when you're hurting, you really want, don't want to do that. You want Jesus to come to your presence and sit at your feet. And minister to you, right? You know, you don't feel like getting into the presence of God when you've been hurt. And so we ask the question, where is God? I want you to know where He's at. He's close to you. He's close to you. He said that He's close to the broken heart. So when your heart is breaking, you know, having children made me understand the love of God more than I've ever had. Because... You know, when your children hurt and there's nothing you can do about it. And, and, and they told me that it, was going to, it wasn't going to get any better. And they're right. Now that they're older, it's worse. Because you really can't do anything about it. Used to, they get hurt, you kiss it, it's over. Now if you kiss it, you know, it's, it's not good. Because you got to kill some people. And, and, and so it hurts worse. And But God is the same way. There's sometimes He is just right there and He can heal you, but there's a process. You're hurting. Where is God? He's right there. He's right there. He's as close as the mention of His name. But pastor, I don't feel close to God. It's because you're not plugged into Him at that time. It's because that you're hurt, you have unplugged, you're not aware. God is close to the brokenhearted. He wants to comfort you and I. God is with us. He sees 
every heartbeat and he sees every time your heart is broken. He has seen every breath you take. Even in the midst of your hurt, he was there. He sit right there. If you're in the pit, he's in the pit with you. If you're in the dumps, he's in the dumps with you. Wherever you might be, I just want to be by myself. Well, God said that I'm going to be by myself with you because I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. And when everybody else does, I'm still going to be there with you. He's watched the good, the bad, the ugly in your life, and he still loves you, and he still wants to help you get over the pain of resentment. He wants to help you get over the pain of regret. Not only have people hurt you in your life, Tommy's done some stupid stuff. I've done some dumb things. You've pulled some stupid mistakes. You've blown it. You've hurt other people. And as a result of that, because nobody's perfect, we've all made mistakes and we all carry regrets. Guilt is a terrible thing to carry around. Did you hear that? Guilt is a terrible thing to carry around. You know, there's a balance in it. We've got to take responsibility for what we've done. You know, there are some people who go, well, you know, how many remember Urkel? Did I do that? You know, and that's how some of us live our life. We mess people up. We go, did I do that? Yeah. Because the Bible says that the Lord has put the tongue of the learned in you. Which means that there is a time for you to speak. And there's a time for you to shut up. You ain't got to say everything you think. I overheard my oldest daughter giving my youngest daughter some advice. I don't know where my youngest daughter gets this from, but she just feels like that she's got to say her piece. I think she gets it from Sherry. And so one time she said something as a, as a child, I mean as a like 11 or 12 year old, she said something to me and I bowed up. What? Girl, I'll beat you down. And then I overheard Jillian consoling her in her room. And she said, Lauren, you can't say everything you think. There are sometimes I think stuff like that, but I ain't going to say it to daddy. I mean, come on, right? I'm like, wow. And then there have been times, because of Lauren the way she is, I've said, she would say, I- I'm sorry. I go, now, are you saying that because you want me to shut up? Or are you saying that because you really are? And Lauren, because I want you to shut up. Is she honest? Do not ask Lauren something if you don't want to know the answer. She'll tell you. But guilt saps your energy. You end up punishing yourself And you end up playing the if-only game. If only I had done this. If only I had done that. If only, if only, if only. Somebody somebody leaves your life. If only, if only, if only, if only. If only I knew then what I know now. If only I could erase the past. If only I could turn back the clock. If only I could pull that bad mistake back. That stupid decision. I would do it differently today. We live in a prison of regret and guilt. I wished I would have listened sooner. What happens when we fill our lives with regret 
we can't live with that. So we try to blame other people and try to pass the buck. Well, they made me do it. I, I would have been all right, but they pushed me to it. Most of the time, we just try to bury our guilt and bury our shame and bury our regrets. And we do it. You know how a lot of us do it. I did it for 30 years. I did it 35, 40 years ago. 35, 40? Come on, man. But I did. I did it with booze. I did it with drugs. I did it with other things. Trying to cover how I felt. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Pastor. You said you were the life of the party, and I was. And I still am. But there's a difference now. The difference, well, now when I leave the party, I'm still fulfilled. But back then, I was empty, which I could go a little bit further into that, but I can't right now. Most of the time, people just try to bury it by staying busy. One of the reasons some of you and some of us are such workaholics is that if we don't like the way we feel when we're quiet. I told you it's going to be some surgery tonight. So I got to stay busy so I can't allow my emotions and my feelings and the things that are happening in me come around me. So I just keep work, 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 work. I just do, 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 do. I just keep, keep going, 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 going until I'm so tired that I just fall asleep instantly when I lay my head on my on my pillow. It doesn't feel too good. You live in a prison of regret, trapped by past mistakes. Maybe you felt like that. Maybe you felt like Humpty Dumpty. Nothing can put you back together again. There's nothing too dirty that God can't make worthy. God specializes. I want you to hear me. God specializes in new beginnings. Hallelujah. You know, I we could go, we could go person after person of people that I know. You know, I look right here on the front row and Josh and Lauren. And and, and I you guys don't know too much about Lauren. I'm not gonna give too much away, but can I share a little bit? I, you know, she, she went to prison for three years. Two three years total. Just that's that's a long uh, two years, then I had to do another three years. She went away for three years. When she got out of prison, here's what she told her best friend. She said, the last time I felt peace was at inside the church of the Crystal River Church of God. And so as soon as she got out of prison, that's where she wanted to come back to. She came back and then met old Josh. And then now they've been married a year. Has it been a year? Almost a year. And doing awesome. And then you know, Josh grew up in this church in a way and then got away from God, got, got into some serious trouble, and then came back to God. Aren't you glad that no matter what you've done or where you've been, that God specializes in new beginnings? <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, you know, this is her beautiful daughter of 13 years, and, and because of her past, her daughter hasn't been able to live with her. But now... They're ready to move back in. Come on, someone. God specializes in new beginnings. You've got to recognize, no matter where you've been or what you've done, well, you know, 
that area of my life is dead. No, he speaks life to the dead areas of your life. The devil, do not allow the devil. You know, we could, man, you know, my, my, my poster children over here, Joe and Jess, and man, we could just go through this whole congregation talking about different ones, what God has done in their life. There's some old crackheads that have been up in here. And if you, if I would point them out to you, say, oh, ain't, ain't no way because they're so anointed today. But they were. I've come by to tell you that no matter where you've been, you really want this real freedom that I'm talking about, not just a church religion, not just a feel-good religion, but true, a true freedom that only comes from God. If you don't get anything else out of this, God doesn't want you to walk around in the past and with regret and guilt. That's why He came up with a plan to relieve it. You know, I know it's not Easter, but that's what Easter's all about. That he came to die for you and me. To bear our sin and to bear our shame so that I wouldn't have to bear it. He took that on himself. The selfishness, the unthoughtfulness, the unkindness. To die for that and pay all of my sin and yours. He did that. What a deal. But my question is, are you still punishing yourself over the past? And many of us are. Jesus Christ hung on the cross so you could stop hanging yourself on the cross. He hung on the cross. He was beaten so you don't have to beat yourself up. He was exposed so that you don't have to be exposed. Do you think it's time for a little relief from the repast of regrets and resentment? Jesus Christ wants to set you free from the pain of that past. That's only point number one. I'm going to end it there because I got two and three. But I just really feel like, man, God's wanting to do some surgery. Because I really believe, where you at, William? Come, come play something. Musicians, come on back. I really believe that God wants to heal some things and start some new things in your life. And I know normally at this time we ask this, the, the Spirit Life team to come up here, but, but Spirit Life team, I just want you to stay where you're at right now and pray from where you're at. And I don't know if I'm going to lay hands on anybody or not. I, I, at this time I don't feel like I'm supposed to. But I want to ask you, have you experienced this real freedom? And are there things in your life that God needs to heal? Your past, resentment, regrets. Would everybody just stand with me? And I want you to begin to pray. I want you to do when he walks into the room. Because I believe that the Lord is walking in this room tonight. I believe that He's walking into this room. And I believe it's a surgery room.
Hallelujah. Just right where you are. Just let the Lord deal with you. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to get out of your comfort zone. I'm not going to ask you what it is. That might be why I don't want the Spirit light team. I don't know. But I want you and God to have an encounter tonight. When you're ready to let God in that area of your life, would you just step out of your seat and just join me up here in the altar area? You're ready to let God deal with those areas. You're ready to let go of resentment. You're ready to let go of regrets. You're ready to let go of past. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you again for listening to this message. We pray that it has inspired you like never before. For more information about Crystal River Church of God, how to give, or even our upcoming events, be sure to check us out at crystalrivercog.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast. And we will see you next week here at CRCOG.